that matter. And today we are talking about Park Square Theater and all the ways it matters to us and the community and the great shows that they put on. And we're going to have just a great conversation about a variety of good things. My co-host today is Michael John Pease. Welcome. Oh, what a pleasure. It's been too long. I know. I know. You are a terrific co-host, but you're also the executive director of Park Square. Yes, in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about uh, a great show uh, as we, we kick off, and it's uh, Marie and Rosetta. And it's a show that we've got some great folks that are going to be sharing some insights as well. We have Clarence White. Welcome, Clarence. Thanks for bringing me here. <laughs> we're so glad that you are here. And Austin Van. Hi. <laughs> so, but in our first segment, we're going to do kind of like a little backup and talk about how Park Square is doing, what all has happened since our last conversation. You've got, last time you told us that you were going to have an, a new artistic director. Yes, and now we do. So um, put, your, put your ears forward, audience, because his name is a poem, Flordolino Lagundino. I love that. Yeah. It, it is a poem. And he has infused us with such energy and vision around how we're recentering ourselves as a cultural hub, um, not just a theater, mm -hmm. so that all the conversations that you already will feel in the show that we're bringing in from the community and hopefully a sparking in the community, that will, that it's just the beginning of the snowball rolling down the hill, which is an unfortunate analogy for today, but it seems apt for the, <laughs> the time we're meeting. Well, we did get with, hit with as much snow uh, as we were bracing for, but yes. Uh, and you're doing more community outreach, which is part of Clarence, uh, Clarence, you're doing some community work and being able to, we'll talk a little bit about that in Roseville with the library and sharing about some um, connections in the community. Yeah, and uh, with the Eastside Freedom Library, we're trying to, um, you know, not just do entertainment, but, you know, increase the relevance both of what art is out there and the conversations that are had around it. Yeah. And Austine, you're doing community work as well? I am. I am. I'm working with uh, Michael John and uh, Rachel to do some community outreach and some marketing. Yeah. Excellent. And so what's, what's interesting about where we are right now is that when you get a new artistic director, everything is questioned, right? And not from a not from a stance of critique, but just why, 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 and how do we how do we push this more? How do we involve more of the community? How do we make these how do we really center the voices of people that haven't been in a conversation, let alone centered in it, right? Mm -hmm. People of color, women, queer people, and not and it's just from a different um, a different place of authenticity and understanding. Um, Florlino himself uh, grew up in Virginia, and, although he came to us most recently after three years in Brooklyn, uh, running a small uh, theater of color in uh, Brooklyn. But he's worked in Juneau, Alaska. He's worked at La Jolla. He's worked in Washington, D.C. at Arena Stage. So he certainly has a sense of where theater is nationally um, and been in a variety of environments. But his parents uh, are from the Philippines and came over in 19, the 1960s during what was a wave of medical immigration. We were having a medical shortage uh, of professionals at that time. And as he will say, and, and I said, well, what about the rest of your family? He said, oh, yeah, we worked that chain migration. We're all here now. <laughs> um, so it's kind of wonderful for our time and place that um, that's the back story of our, of our artistic leader. Yeah. Now, he did not not select the season this year. This was correct. Was envisioned last year, right? But he's taking the reins and, mm -hmm. and uh, taking it new places. Well, and it, it's very interesting to see how it's not that he kind of looked at the season askance, but there was there's so much homegrown art in this season that he wasn't familiar with, uh, and of course every, every day he's meeting all these artists he's never met before. Uh, but boy, with our first two shows, sometimes there's wine and the agitators, and then this show, Marie and Rosetta. He's just really he's like, oh, I get it. Well, this is well. In fact, one of the things he said after Richard Cook's retirement um, party program, I said, was that weird? You know, you're you're you've kind of just met him a few months ago, and now you're at the retirement. He said, no, it makes perfect sense why you chose me. 
uh, what I'm building on this whole because it really was Richard's dream that everyone's got a place at the Park Square table. Uh, and that every show is helping us find a way to extend the table by at least a few more seats, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a good Thanksgiving analogy. Yeah, there you go. I'm just full of them today, Lori. <laughs> yes, That's my are. job. You <laughs> do well. So with that, you uh, mentioned the agitators. I absolutely adored the show. Mm, wasn't and, that great? Oh, amazing. And I had so many of my friends uh, were very excited about it and felt that it was something that was so important, especially before our midterms. Oh, for sure. And what was very exciting, we had never done uh, voter information or voter registration uh, uh, in the lobby, and we had so much activity around that. And in fact, one of my favorite stories from the show is Mikkel, who played Frederick Douglass, uh, was, as he admitted, an infrequent voter until this show. <laughs> then it was getting that deep. And because I think in addition to the actual disenfranchisement that goes on, in our country, there's a lot of emotional disenfranchisement mm -hmm. for people of color, where it's mm -hmm. sort of like that's they just they they put up their they perceive a barrier uh, and and say I'm not going to fight that hard, right? So, put centering him in that fight for um, enfranchisement really turned him around as an artist. And and for those yeah. who didn't see the Agitators, it was mm -hmm. a show about Frederick Douglass and Susan B. Anthony, and many people did not know that they were friends for as many years right. as they were friends and friendly adversaries. <laughs> there you go. So we're looking at so one of the ways we're we're thinking how do we get outside of our doors right uh, is maybe doing a little mini tour to community locations in a couple of years prior it. to elections of this show because it's just such powerful relevant messages I love her line where she starts it's 1849 how is this still happening you know <laughs> it hurts it hurts and you also extended uh, sometimes there's one we did people could not get enough of laughing out loud right Right. <laughs> yeah. And now we're into the uh, the opening next week or the week after. This the, uh, the yep. The Friday after uh, Thanksgiving is our first preview, and then the November thirtieth is our opening. And it's Marie and Rosetta. It is, which is such a perfect part. Oh, we really we were hungry for the show. <laughs> we really wanted to get the rights to the show because it takes. So we all think we know the history of rock and roll. And then here's a story that's lifted up that's like, who was Sister Rosetta Tharp? It's like, well, she's the one that started it all. She's the godmother. Yes. She's the godmother. You know, the, and then the men, of course, come up and uh, get famous, and then suddenly they grab the origin story. <laughs> it gets assigned to them or they grab it. And it's like this is really one of the great origin stories. And that's what we love to do is find that story that you're like, I thought I knew this history, and here's a voice I hadn't heard, and it just opens your eyes to um, – to new people and possibilities. Yeah. Plus the music I hear is oh. amazing. It is just, you know, I mean, Jamesia could just sing the phone book oh and we'd gosh. all listen, right? Yes. And uh, Rajane, uh, who plays Marie Knight, her protege, as they're getting ready for this tour. It's just, and it, so of course the music is fantastic, but it's also just so grounded in who they are as people and then how that infuses the characters they're playing. It's really powerful. Yeah. So the setup is that they're getting ready to go on tour, mm -hmm. um, and they're going to be singing amazing songs as if they're in concert. Correct. Do you want to give us any other without spoiling the show? Well, one of, so it, it's definitely a play about their um, their journey as women and as artists, because Marie is from a classical church gospel background, and uh, Rosetta has crossed the line over into the devil's music. You know, <laughs> uh, she's put the swing in these in these hymns and these gospel swing numbers. The swing. Yeah, <laughs> oh for sure. Um, but there's beautiful moments of them, uh, and this is what we want to show to do at this time of year, right, is to sort of bring us into an emotional place and uh, and a sense of connection with ourselves and with others. There's a little scene that I just love where they're talking about Maria's missing her babies. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why am I doing this work, being on tour? I should be home singing to them. And, you know, Rosetta's like, well, you know, that's a great choice, but God has given you this gift and you're sharing it with so many. And, you know, at best at home, you're going to be a maid. And the only person you're singing to is the church choir and your babies. So, and, and what what's great about it is it's not set up as a one is better than the other. It's like these are the choices. And these are still the choices for artists, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the day job is a little better than being a maid, mm -hmm. but it still is. It's what's taking you away from your passion in order to feed your family, right? So it's um, so it's just kind of wonderful this time of year as people are working long hours <laughs> <laughs> to buy those presents, right? It just kind of puts that, wh wh where is our passion and our sense for ourselves and our family at the heart of this season, yeah. 
And I want to make sure that we do a quick preview of some shows coming up mm-hmm. after this one. Antigone in February. Oh, yes. Um, brand new uh, a- adaptation. Very live, very right now. And Skin of Our Teeth. Skin of Our Teeth. One of oh. a, a classic. Exactly. The endurance of the human family. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all odds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Marjorie Prime. Now, you're doing that in partnership, right? Right, with Prime Projections, creating uh, new opportunities for women 50 and better. So um, that's going to be a fantastic exploration of sort of the role of technology and memory in our lives. Heaven? Heaven, the Heaven Cafe. So uh, an evocation with music and lots of dance about the um, Bosnian conflict and uh, uh, the human stories that are the part of genocide and war. Yeah. It's very uplifting in the end, but but hard, mm-hmm. but music. <laughs> and then another uh, charming Jefferson Township sparkling junior talent pageant. Oh, exactly. Avenue Q meets the Book of Mormon. It's just <laughs> fun and irreverent, but some great characters. And, and based in small town life, Minnesota, right? For those who come from a small town will, will see parts of their story in that for sure. Agatha Christie, another good mystery. Oh, and our dear own Austin Van is directing that. So she's got her hands full with three one-act plays. Yes. Uh, three, three different mysteries that night. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. And another show that's happening right now is the Triple Espresso. <gasps> Excellent pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you. I worked on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can have fun on both stages this holiday season. And that's going on from November 9th to the January 13th. And on our last segment, we'll be talking about Triple Espresso as well. So uh, I want to let folks know that there will be a time that I'll be giving some tickets away, but you're going to have to listen in as to when that is. Yeah, keep those ears tuned. That's right. It's going to be on for December 7th show. So during sometime during the next segment, I will be asking people to call in. So stay tuned. You're listening to AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, and you're on Connections Radio Show. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Noshina Hussein, and I'm from Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. We are on a mission to amplify the voice and power of Muslim women by reclaiming stories told about us and training our sisters to become leaders in our communities. We imagine a future in which all Muslim women are connected, reflected, celebrated, and emboldened. A future that can only be realized when we see ourselves in positions of power. Our sisterhood is grounded in our faith, which inspires us to show up together and create change in our communities. Together, we rise. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Gandhi Mahal is a full-spice Bangladeshi Indian restaurant. The owner, Rahel Islam, comes from the Flavor Village in Bangladesh, and he is pleased to offer you dishes cooked from passed-down family recipes. Gandhi Mahal's mission is to provide high-quality, healthy, locally-sourced food that brings you peace by pleasing your palate. Dedicated to Gandhi's principle of inspiring change through our contributions, Gandhi Mahal Restaurant aspires to bring diverse Minnesotans together. We invite you to join Gandhi Mahal's celebration for New Year's Eve. Join us for lively, authentic Indian music and a special meal to bring in our New Year hopes for change. Your visit will also support increased community understanding and sustainability. Visit Gandhi Mahal Restaurant located at 
3009 27th Avenue South in Minneapolis. And learn more about us at our website, GandhiMahal.com. That's GandhiMahal.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas and matter. And today we are talking about Park Square Theater and all the wonderful things that they bring to our community and create community and partner in community. And, and we're talking about their current show in this segment. Uh, Marie and Rosetta is playing. The dates of that are November 23rd. Uh, that's when you get the preview. Then November 30th is when it opens up. Although I do hear that there's a great special on the this weekend of the November 23rd, so check that out. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got some folks here that are sharing about it. My co-host today is our friend Michael John Peace. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Nice to have you here, who is also the executive director of Park Square. Um, I have uh, our friend Clarence White, who is from the Eastside Freedom Library. And that is going to also be doing a talk on this at the Roseville Library with their book club. Yes, it'll. the Roseville Library has something called the History Book Club. Every month they pick a book that talks about history, of course. And uh, we have chosen uh, for this month, Shout, Sister, Shout, uh, which is a biography of Rosetta Tharp by Gail F. Wald. Um, so we'd love it if you got a hold of a copy of the book and joined us on Wednesday at 1 o'clock at the Roseville Library. But even if you haven't read the book, uh, having listened to this conversation, maybe will be enough. So uh, You also with the Eastside Freedom Library, and they're going to have a program on December 3rd? On December 3rd, we will have uh, Jamesia Bennett, uh, who stars in the show, uh, and Wendy Knox. Or, uh, the, the director, director uh -huh. and uh, a few other folks. So it should be a really great conversation, and and we love having conversations like like that at the at the Eastside Freedom Library, so. which is another outgrowth of what you were talking about in the first segment. Um, how you're really trying to connect into community. Oh yeah, and when Clarence joined our community advisory board, um, and then started working with the Eastside Freedom Library, it's such a wonderful space to be in. If you are an AM 950 listener and you have not been there, which is probably 99.9% .9 of us, <laughs> you must go. Let's go. Just well, it's this old, wonderful library that uh, is part of the, the uh, what is it? The, the, the Carnegie system. The Carnegie, yeah. the ones that are, so there's only three. Yeah, there, it's one of three that were built by the St. Paul Public Library System. The building is 101 years old, and uh, Eastside Freedom Library has been in there a little more than four years. So well, I love having conversations, obviously. <laughs> I love having conversations about the plays, and I think it's a great opportunity to go see the play or read the book and, and create more than just to have an evening out. It's a real discussion. It's, mm -hmm. it's thought-provoking. We also have Austine, uh, who's here, to Austine Van, yes. who does community engagement. And we'll be talking a little bit more about what you do specifically in the third segment. Sure. So getting back uh, for this book club. We can pretend we're in a book club here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then give me the name of the book and the author again. So it is Shout, Sister, Shout, the untold story of rock and roll trailblazer Sister Rosetta Tharp by Gail F. Wald. And would you say that the play is loosely based on parts of this book? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the whole play. I've been able to sit in part of one rehearsal. Which you said was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, just the, the voices, the harmonies, the music is stunning. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see the whole thing. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier, and, and you mentioned in the first segment, Michael John, about um, people who have good ideas, uh, you know, but get usurped perhaps by those who can market it. Uh, right. And, uh, right. Or suddenly the person who becomes more famous gets assigned the origin of something. Mm -hmm. and, right. and we were talking about that before the show. Clarence, share, share some of your perspectives of um, how this play brings to light some of that. Well... You know, we have this image of rock and roll and how it developed and who the people were. Um, you know, one of the things when we were looking for a book to use for the next round of the History Book Club is we wanted something uh, on music uh, because it is really uh, 
especially African-American music, is really a, a good descriptor of American history. It tracks it very well. Um, but we looked through the books, and none of them mentioned Rosetta Tharp, which was very odd. Um, because most of the thing that we think of as rock and roll really started a lot with her. I mean, we, we have this knowledge that rock and roll sort of came from gospel music or black music or the blues or whatever. Um, but there seems to be this like, missing page in the, the progression of the music. And really, Rosetta Tharp is it. You know, you think about, oh, this rock and roller on stage with a guitar moving around, and it's like no one really did that until she did. And, um, you know, people talk about crossing over, you know, African-American musicians who performed in church and then decided, oh, well, now I'm going to do this. So they know, had to the, leave the, the they world, had to leave behind. Go into the world, music of the world, rather than the, you know, the secular music, rather than the sacred music. Um, and they had to make that choice. They couldn't do both. Yeah. Uh, especially the African-American artists, um, you know, and that was one of the really difficult things for Rosetta was that she tried to be in both places. She wanted to be, you know, she came from this Pentecostal background and, you know, she didn't want to leave that, but she sort of had to, um, but still wanted to keep a foot in both, you know, both areas. And that created tension, you know, for a lot of white artists, even today, but always, there, there's always this assumption that you could do what you did, regardless to whether it was in a church or, you know, making a lot of money, and still be viewed as Christian. So, like, country music today is basically, you know, it's not even country, it's pop music, but very strongly identified with white culture, and and very strongly identified is culturally, if not spiritually, but culturally Christian. Um, African-American artists aren't really afforded that uh, even today. And I think th that strain really comes up strongly in, in, in the book and, and I think in the play as well. Yeah. Well, because as Austin, you were saying, as you were reading the script and and knowing this music, it really she was making a joyful noise, and that was always praise. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and integrating mm -hmm. um, uh, all of her being into into an expression of joy, and not seeing the difference between um, if if you would ministering to the church and ministering to people in nightclubs and bars and, and whatnot. She didn't seem to see the difference, but that she was giving her gift no matter where she went, and she was still praising no matter where she was and what she was doing. So it was all one to her, which I think is very brave and very courageous of her. Um, that uh, those um, You were just mentioning how still, uh, I think, in this time, this yeah. day, um, churches are still having a hard time sometimes, no offense to any churches, with, um, with uh, accepting or, or uh, integrating music that seems secular. But Rosetta's, one of Rosetta's uh, um, thoughts, were, or not thoughts, but she uh, let some, what well, was it, Marie know that the, the, the gospel came from the blues, you know. And we're going to move into the next segment. This the segment goes always too quickly. We'll, we'll talk more about what are the challenges for Rosetta and how brave she was and why isn't she remembered. And, and grateful to Park Square for having her be able to have her joyful noise be heard with our audiences as well. So you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We'll be right back. Joyful gospel, roof-raising rhythm and blues fill the house as Park Square Theater presents Marie and Rosetta. November 23rd through December 30th. Godmother of rock and roll, Sister Rosetta Tharp was a huge influence on Elvis, Johnny Cash, Jimi Hendrix, and Ray Charles. This play with music begins as Rosetta and her young protege, Marie Knight, prepare for a tour that will establish them as a groundbreaking musical duo. Jamisia Bennett as Rosetta, with Rajune Couture Brown as Marie. This is a song fest you won't want to miss, including This Train, Were You There, Rock Me, Sit Down, Didn't It Rain, Call My Name in Prayer, Tall Skinny Papa, 
four or five times. I look down the line. Amazing grace and peace in the valley. Previews start Thanksgiving weekend and November 30th is opening night. More at parksquaretheater.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. St. Paul's Payne Avenue Historic Brunson's Pub has a special charm you feel instantly as you walk through the doors. Owners Tom and Molly encourage you to come to their cozy pub and celebrate the holidays with great food and drink. Brunson's Pub gives you a taste of history and inspires you to make a little history of your own. Tom's first job at 17 was a busser at a local Eastside restaurant. The attraction to hospitality was immediate. The energy, the community, the living history. He knew his future then. Not long after, Tom met Molly while both working at a St. Paul pub. It was love at first sight. With Tom's passion for locally owned restaurants and Molly's entrepreneurial drive, a partnership was forged and grew into a celebration of the art and history of the St. Paul pub through creating the Brunson's Pub. Bring your friends and family and enjoy good times together at Brunson's Pub. You can pick up a discounted gift card at Brunson'sPub.com and be sure to give a visit and a like to Brunson's Pub on Facebook. Tom and Molly look forward to seeing you. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny with a high near 47. Tonight, rain is likely after 11 p.m. with lows around 29. Friday, a chance of snow, mostly cloudy with a high of 34 and a low around 27. EatLocalMinnesota.com's Restaurant of the Week is The Great Wall. The Great Wall Restaurant has been providing a delicious mix of both Szechuan and Peking dishes since 1981. Check out their location just north of 50th and France in Edina. Now, if you want tickets to see the show, this is your lucky day. You're going to have to give us a call, though, at 952-946-6205. Yes, you can get two tickets for December 7th show. Again, the number is 952-946-6205. I want to encourage folks who have not gotten tickets yet for the Park Square Theater. At this Forgiven. is your day. This is the one. <laughs> yes. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Get those tickets. Uh, and, and to celebrate and talk about this uh, amazing show, we have Michael John Peace, who is my co-host today. Always a treat. Always glad to have you. You are also the executive director for the Park Square Theater. We have Clarence White, who's going to be from, who is from the East Side Freedom Library, who's going to be finishing up telling us a little bit more about why this is important and the talks that he's um, supporting for Park Square. And we have our friend Austin Van, who is a community engagement uh, professional. An artist par excellence. An, an yes. artist par excellence <laughs> to share also you. about uh, the importance of this show. Yes. Um, um. What can I say? I, I think it's we were just talking about how how relevant it is that that women in particular are kind of set aside in history, and um, certain circumstances or events aren't validated until a man puts his stamp on it. Um, I didn't know about Rosetta Tharp until a, a few months ago, which is a shame. I am an artist, and I'm a woman of color, and I did had had no uh, uh, idea that this woman was the godmother of rock and roll, and that she paved the way for so many artists: Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley, Ray Charles. But as you said, 
all nice white men. All that, well, <laughs> except for Ray Charles. Yeah, excuse me. You're right, Ray Charles. There you go. Right. Sad correct. Exactly. But I mean, you know, we, we know that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, so I'm very, very excited about the show, and I'm very grateful that uh, Park Square is uh, illuminating this story. And it really is a celebration about her life and her courageousness. She came from the church um, and um, was, was they weren't happy about the fact that she went into the world and um, took some of the lyrics from some of the, the gospel tunes and changed them just a little bit, but it was still all celebration and all praise of where she gets her gifts. Um, but the church wasn't really having it, uh, and that didn't seem to stop her. Is this portrayed in the play, too, the, the struggle with the church? Yes. So Yes, we, we get to see a little bit of her struggle and that, that, the pain. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in the church or if you grew up in, in an organization where people feel like family and friends, and she was an active part of the church. She was big in the church in the 1930s. Um, so to, to, to not be embraced any longer um, must have been really painful. And for a woman in, in that time and day to still continue, uh, she was married a few times and and was freed from those <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> That's a wonderful way. Of <laughs> she freed herself. She, she freed herself <laughs> to continue to to deliver this music to masses of people. You know, energetically, she the, she felt like the guitar on the guitar. She was like Gabriel. She liked it loud, liked it <laughs> out loud, and she started moving her hips and you know singing loud and joyfully. It was all joy to her. And so a lot of the, 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 the men that we just mentioned, Elvis and Jimi Hendrix and Ray Charles, they, they get that from her. They want to do it like Rosetta, you know. And, and who else, who better to play Sister Rosetta Tharp than the Grammy Award winning Jamesia Bennett? Oh, amen. <laughs> She's and, amazing. And, and she has a huge following. She has a City. huge yeah. following. Yeah. I, I, I t- told a story to Michael John that we were in the Dominican, Jamesia and I, and someone in the pool recognized her <laughs> and her family. There you are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it makes so much sense to me because um, that particular artist, Jamesia Bennett, she gives her all and everything, and she feels like it's a gift. Um, and uh, uh, Rajane Couture-Brown is playing Marie Knight, which is, she's an amazing artist and an amazing singer. So so the chemistry is absolutely wonderful between them. And um, uh, as some of you may know, may, maybe many of you you may not know that um, Sister Rosetta Tharp took uh, Marie Knight under her wing, basically saw her um, as a background singer. And Mahalia Jackson, a rival of Sister Rosetta Tharp, <laughs> wanted that Marie Knight as well. There was something about this particular woman. Um, and uh, uh, Rosetta Tharp, she thought she was a, a really young girl without a lot of experience. But actually, Marie Knight was a married woman with two children. And... Uh, and so I, what I love about this story is not only do we hear about the history of Sister Rosetta Tharp and, and Mary Knight, but we also hear uh, about um, their womanhood and their challenges being women and artists and women of color and going out on the road and having a wonderful friendship and relationship that seemed to, um, to, to, to be stronger than, than, than a lot of their challenges. I think another thing that's implicit is because we've not heard of this woman before, mm-hmm. um, it, it shines a spotlight as to folks who are the innovators mm-hmm. who don't necessarily get rewarded for yeah. being an innovator. Yeah, I mean, we see that so much in music, especially, you know, in American music. Uh, um, Rosetta really created something that was followed, not just by rock and rollers, but a lot of country musicians as well. Um, some people don't know that Marie was at the Grand Old Opry and in Nashville for a while. and Without the drums. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I think maybe uh, someone will have to research that more closely. Because you know, we were talking that for a long time, you couldn't have drums on the stage at the Grand Old Opry. And because that's... Negro music it has that beat, so you can't do that. But, but you know, if you listen to uh, Rosetta's sound, um, a lot of it sounds like some of the 
popular country music of the 40s and 50s. And, um, but of course, you know, she didn't get credit for that. I mean, she was a true innovator. She really was at the heart of what American music is. And a lot of people took that and made a lot more money and got a lot more fame. Um, you know, uh, and we were talking earlier, uh, you know, really illustrates the nature of our segregated society. I mean, you know, there were limits on where uh, Rosetta could go that don't exist for a lot of the men and a lot of the white artists, you know, and, you know, there's that segregation, but there's also all of the resources and the benefits on one side of that line of segregation and not on the other. Which I think is a terrific uh, next play after the agitators. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. You have the agitators yeah. who are, wait a minute, you know, we need to look at the world differently and we need to make sure that, you know, civil rights is for all. Yet still up until the 40s, 50s, 60s, the segregation was, and today it comes out painfully as well. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. So how how does this then get translated out into conversation is what I love. And tell me more about what, what it means to be in community engagement. Um, just just really just, it's a pleasure to, to, to go out into the communities and let them know this story is happening. And in this story, you can see an image of yourself. And in this story, you can see joy. And in this story, you can see hope and some of the struggles that you have uh, witnessed or, or experienced yourself. That's, I think that's so important to us <clears throat> as human beings to be able to see images of ourselves, to be able to relate to people on stage. And, and often, I mean, with theater, we... We uh, people where they, you know, theater is is it seems like a different form of art for a lot of people, and and it's not the movies, it's not a concert, it's not music. Um, so I but think this one is a play with this, music. This, yeah. Yes, it's definitely a, a play with music. But um, and and all I'm saying is not a lot of people are aware of the power of theater. So um, the job that I'm happy to have is to let them know. Here is something that you can come see that's going to change your life and provoke your thought. So where do you go and, and make and give these uh, talks and, and every, people? everywhere? Facebook, <laughs> um, churches. I think for this one, it's very important because churches are still seeing this kind of. Um, I'm I'm going to call it. I, I, blacklisting almost in in a way. I mean, certain certain secular music uh, or certain music now, um, e even when it's when it's presented to the world, um, certain certain people feel like, oh, that's too it's too secular. Still in two thousand eighteen, and there there aren't many that made that bridge. I mean, I think Aretha Franklin, to a certain degree, was able to keep both feet, and but it, it's a rarity. I think it is a rarity, and I—I I mean, I'm not a historian on, on uh, church music, but I think it is a rarity that people are allowed to do allowed to do it, and if it feels too much like it's it's something that your body can move to, even in 2018, it feels too much. Yeah, there's too, this, many <laughs> too many hips. Too many hips. Yeah, keeping it under the radar to a certain degree. Yeah, but go ahead. The cool thing about this story, though, is I think that. Rosetta really tried to be in both. With Aretha, it was sort of like one at a time. Right. She had to go Correct. back. And, and I mean, and she did some amazing things. I mean, I was doing some informal research and found uh, this recording of her doing How I Got Over uh, with a choir in Los Angeles. And I can't, I should remember the name, but I don't. But it is, was just, you could not sit still. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just could not yeah. sit still listening to that. And uh, and I think, it, I think I, if I remember correctly, it is the closing song in the movie Uptown Saturday Night, um, which is a really fun movie. Um, but... Uh, it really, it, you are just grabbed. And it's like, that's where the power comes from. Mm -hmm. And it's like, to have to step away from that is, yeah. is so sad, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I love that you, uh, Austin, that you keep bringing up the, the theme of joy. Yeah. And that's, that's what Rosetta was about. It's like, this is about joy. And that is a real, distinctly Christian mm -hmm. message. Absolutely. And, and it's mm -hmm. like, how, how can you, 
how how can you not? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. And Austin is helping us put together for our opening night. We're doing a red carpet to the black community. You know, it's a time to... Get out and shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is definitely. I, mean, I think it's. I think it's important uh, when people are spending or, or deciding to use their discretionary income, um, they should know for sure how important they are, and so and honored and honored. Yes, and welcome, and so. <clears throat> It's for everybody, <laughs> but we want to make sure that everyone feels included um, and feels like it's their night, mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to be wonderful. There's and what be, night is that? That is opening night, oh, November 30th. 30th. Yes, Good. November 30th. There's going to be a young lady who's going to be performing as well. Oh. Yes, she's 13 years old and she oh. plays the guitar and writes music. Her name is Judah Gardner. So that'll be in All the right. lobby. I mean, I, I sh- am I telling oh, too much? No. Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Red carpet photographer the whole deal. Yeah. And you're doing something on the 28th on the well, Clarence? T- so uh, Morgan Holmes, who's the dramaturg, and I will be doing post shows on the 28th in the evening and on the matinee for December 9th. And we would love people to join that conversation. Terrific. And... Uh, I think we might have a, a winner, but just in case, the number is 952-946-6205. Right under the wire. That's right. <laughs> call, call in and get your tickets for the December 7th show. And we'll be right back. And next segment, we'll be talking about espresso, triple espresso. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Noshina Hussein, and I'm from Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. We are on a mission to amplify the voice and power of Muslim women by reclaiming stories told about us and training our sisters to become leaders in our communities. We imagine a future in which all Muslim women are connected, reflected, celebrated, and emboldened. A future that can only be realized when we see ourselves in positions of power. Our sisterhood is grounded in our faith, which inspires us to show up together and create change in our communities. Together, we rise. We served our country like those before us. It was a dangerous era. All of Vietnam was dangerous. The carnage of war left an indelible mark on me. We came back and built lives. As time went on, we faced new challenges and found support to handle them. I went to the VA, talked to my doctor. I started doing groups. I started doing one-on-one counseling. At maketheconnection.net, you can hear our stories and find tools and services available to you. The bright and fun brainchild of the Wadi Brothers, the World Street Kitchen, features flavors from across the globe, from Asia to the Caribbean to the Mediterranean and everything in between. The restaurant serves popular staples, specials, sweets, and cocktails in one friendly spot. What's it like? It's an experience. The red curry chicken burrito slaps you on one cheek and kisses you on the other. Bring your favorite people, order at the counter, sit together and laugh. Eat your crazy, delicious, simple food with big, bold flavors that come together with delicious harmony. And for dessert, enjoy the best ice cream you've ever tasted at Milk Jam Creamery, just next door. Amazing frozen creation by the team behind the World Street Kitchen. Come to Minneapolis Uptown at 2743 Lindale Avenue South and get a taste of the world. Find out about the tasty goodness at EATWSK.com. That's EATWSK.com. Greetings. My name is Michael Dardis. I'm excited about my new novel, a historical fiction titled The Dark Side of the Sun. The novel follows six families over 40 years with their struggle for survival and freedom. This is about the relationship of ordinary people living through hard times and two wars. They make difficult decisions to maintain their love and honor to each other and to their country. Wrapped in this struggle is a real mystery that could have changed the course of World War II. The Dark Side of the Sun has received five-star reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. Read the details on the actual history behind the book and follow my book signings and other appearances at michaeldartis.com. The Dark Side of the Sun will make a wonderful gift for any reader on your holiday shopping list. You can purchase my novel at michaeldartis.com. That's michaeldartis.com. With my co-host, Michael John Peace. How are you? I'm fabulous whenever I'm here. I always enjoy having you be my co-host. And he <laughs> also is the executive director for Park Square. 
Uh, and we've been talking about uh, Marie and Rosetta, and we have the community engagement uh, professional. <laughs> I like it. I love it. The bright spark. The bright Austin spark. Van. Yeah. Austin Van. Van. Who's part of Park Square. Also goes out and makes the connections into the community. So carries on the conversation and encourages the connections. Absolutely. And we were talking um, about Marie and Rosetta. And one of the things that you wanted to make sure to share with us was. Yes, <laughs> yes, everybody. Did you know that this year, 2018, uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Woo. Amazing. Isn't that beautiful? And it's great that we can celebrate her uh, and her music and her life and the impact of rock and roll through Marie and Rosetta that's going on. It's November 23rd, you can go, which is the Thanksgiving it's weekend. Preview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great preview. Then it starts November 30th and runs through December. Right. And before then, you can come even this weekend to see Triple Espresso. Well, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and to talk to us about Triple Espresso is Mike Donnelly. Hey there. And I, I did practice to say it correctly. That's that's beautiful. So this is a wonderful show, and I can say that I, I believe I went either the first year or the second year. Is that right? I, and I absolutely adored it then. So this is a magical show. And it's only show. gotten better since I then. have to believe it would be. Yes. After, after 24 years, we're starting to learn our lines, and uh, we're starting improv, to get our timing the together. The improv is fun. Yeah. So tell me about the show. Uh, well, Triple Espresso began uh, with three... Guys, uh, myself, uh, Bob Stromberg, and Bill Arnold sitting down together over breakfast and trying to think of something that we could do together because uh, each of us did comedy and, and our different uh, specialties, like Bill Arnold does magic and Bob does kind of physical humor. I do music. And what could we do together that would kind of combine those things? So we, we thought, let's, let's, uh, let's find a setting for in which we could do all these things. So we had the Triple Espresso Coffee Shop where Hugh has been, my character, has been the uh, chief piano player. Uh, and this is 25th anniversary as chief piano player at the only gig he could ever keep. <laughs> but he kept it for 25 years. He did. He kept it for, there was not, there was not a big market for him. Um, Coffee shops, extraordinaire. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and really the, the show is about uh, three Guys who made terrible choices and 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 failed at everything that they tried, uh, but somehow keep their chin up, and which is not unusual for uh, things that I've done at Park Square, because um, I did a show called Two Pianos, Four Hands uh, for three different seasons up on the main stage at uh, Park Square, and what's interesting about that show is that uh, it's about two piano players who are growing up and trying to be the best concert pianists that they can be. And uh, it's really about what happens when, when, you're good at, when your best is not good enough to be the best. And so really it's about failure. Uh, and, <laughs> which, and, which we all can relate to yes, in one way, like, shape, or well, form. And the fact is 99.9% of us are not the best. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what do you do with art when... Uh, when your best is not going to bring you the dream that you always dreamed of, well, you, you start to enjoy, enjoy the music for, for just the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's what made uh, Two Pianos, Four Hands so cool, is that, well, let's just, let's just do what we do, and we, we can be satisfied with being the best on the block <laughs> instead of the best in the world. <laughs> um, and in a way, that's kind of what Triple Espresso is, too, uh, it's about these three guys who just he they uh, they got their big break on the Mike Douglas show on national live TV, and uh, things went terribly wrong, and it it basically blacklisted them from from performing Ever doing forever. It yeah, um, but they're still friends, and they're still trying to work it out. They're still great guys. And now the show did uh, it is open. You can go see it. it yep, it, November 9th it opened. It runs through January thirteenth. That's right, and it's down in the Andy Boss uh, thrust stage downstairs, and it's I a fantastic space. space for the show. Very intimate. Uh, feels great down there. We've loved it, and the audience are loving it. They are. They they've been terrific, and 
You've yeah, got these fans who, as a badge of honor, will wear how many times they have seen the show over they the years. They do that. <laughs> yes, they do this. They'll say this is my fifth, sixth, seventh time seeing the show. And it's amazing. I, you can't... You can't describe what what having a show for 24 years and doing doing more than 3,500 shows uh, myself, mm. um, and you know what else has anybody done 3,500 times? You know, I haven't gone to the grocery store 3,500 times, um, but uh, you know it's it is really that much of a joy to do to. Uh, just bring laughter, and especially in this day and age, when there's so much uh, sadness and outrage, and and um, you know sometimes it feels great to just have a good, clean laugh. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about the Hugo Boss is that you can go and you can have a very <laughs> oh, Hugo. I said Hugo Boss, the, our okay. future sponsor. Oh, I, hope. I love that, that from your lips to God's ears. Boss, the Andy Boss Theater. Hugo, everyone has to wear Hugo Boss you when, when you go to the Andy Boss Theater. When you go to the Andy Boss Theater. Thank you for that correction. Um, years ago, I actually did sell Hugo Boss. I got myself through graduate school selling menswear. But that's another long oh, well, story. I'd love to hear more about it. It was very bizarre, and I will tell you more. I was the, uh, I love selling especially um, special ties. I had vice presidents of marketing because I would get ties in from all over the world, and they wanted just a little bit special. Anyway, what I love about (laughs) our friend Andy Boss's theater, rest in peace, Andy Boss was Mm -hmm. a wonderful man, Mm -hmm. um, is that you can go there for a very intense drama, and you can also go there for a cabaret Mm -hmm. that is, you know, celebratory and and, um, laughing and singing. And this is the laughing and singing one. Right. And especially, as you're saying, during... These tough times, but also during the holidays when we want to yeah. be able to take family and friends and go out and enjoy the music. S- go see Marie and Rosetta. Mm. Go see Espresso. Yep. You can have two wonderful musical experiences that your family will love. Oh, and, for sure. And it's a, it's a special place that everyone enjoys. And we're, we're honored to have the opportunity to have all of you here. Thank you. Park, Park Square, Square is just such a great organization. Yes. So honored to be able to be back with, with these folks. It's, it's a great place to patronize. I hope that uh, everybody just goes out and sees their season because it's always, oh. it's always excellent. <laughs> it's always challenging in, in the best ways and great, great theater. Yes, Thank it is. you. Well, and we love having a show like yours, which is homegrown, right? Mm-hmm. Literally started in a coffee shop and has grown up and performed around the world. <laughs> uh, so we love having you in our space. And we've got uh, radio shows coming up to talk about Antigone. Uh, we'll also be featuring um, the uh, Marjorie Prime and Heaven. So three shows coming up next year on the radio uh, during 2019 to celebrate Park Square's activities. But before I go, one more time, go see these great shows. Enjoy the holidays and celebrate great music and great fun at Park Square. And for more information, parksquaretheater.org. Thanks.